here at Devil's Logic, and it's rapid fire question time. It's the episode, the highly anticipated season review show, Danny Brams. First question, table finish. How does it match expectations before the season? All right, so we got a few questions here, and we're going to answer them in order that you, you're going to present them to me. I want to just give a disclaimer off the top. You're not supposed to apologize in advance, but I feel like I have to do it because I'm going to give a really harsh grade for this first question, and the rest of my grades are going to seem a little lighter. So uh, you're asking me table finish, and how does it match expectations before the season? I'm going to tell you it's the worst grade possible, Johnny. So an F. It's not an F. It's not an F. It's worse oh. than an F. What's, what's worse than that? doesn't make any sense. What's worse than an F? It's a D minus, Johnny. It's a D minus. A D minus is worse than an F. This is a shout out to all the old schoolers in the house who used to watch the good old sitcom, the old Scott Bayo sitcom, Charles in Charge. There was a famous episode that's like burned to my brain where this guy who was like, he was kind of like the in-house nanny for all the, for this, this uh, group of incorrigible crazy kids. And uh, he was Charles in Charge. And one of the kids got a bad report card, and they got like a D minus, and, and they were like, "Well, at least I got a D minus." He said, "No, a D minus is worse than an F, because at least with an F you did something. At least with an F you just failed spectacularly. A D minus means you just got by uh, doing the bare minimum, and they just gave you a sort of passing grade to get rid of you. So uh, what that is is." We made our playoffs. We made our, our quote-unquote goal. You know, we got into the playoffs, but the fact of the matter is we weren't really prepared to ever win in the playoffs. We were never going to go far in the playoffs. We made way too many mistakes in terms of our table position should have been so much better. My expectation was so much higher. If you notice, not every pundit, but a lot of the pundits, uh, the writers for MLS.com and for the athletic soccer and things like that, they had all pegged us much higher than we finished. Most of them, we finished lower than the predictions, actually. Like, people love to say that, you know, the media hates us. I'd say it's 50-50. All right. Well, a lot, some people predicted, had us predicted a fifth and sixth. And I think that that was an expectation that was reasonable, knowing that we were a second-year project that had brought in a new record signing. And, and so to, to limp into the playoffs like we did, I have to say that it's my harshest grade of the, uh, that we're going to get in this whole process. But having... Having you ask me what did I expect and what do we get, I got to give it the worst grade possible. Which again, if you watch Charles and Charles, is a D minus. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I I think the, I think the grade's fair. I think it's I think it's fair. I think it's harsh. It's like you know what it's like. It's it's like a soft handball inside the box. The great it's it's a harsh red. Yeah. You know it's a harsh red. Yeah. But you get sent off because you just denied an obvious goal scoring yeah. opportunity. With your right. with your arm on the line, and right. it's it's a harsh grade, but you have to live with the the, the grade. And the question is, how does Christian Latanzio fit into that picture? Well, see, because individually, <laughs> things you is he does he get a uh, the worst grade an F as well? No. Now here's the deal. Here's the the distinction is you asked me in the first question, how does the table finish match yes. expectations before the season? What about and for me? For me, that expectation got nowhere near. But for Latanzio, you're asking me, did he show improvement from interim to full time? A little bit of a different question. And so, what I got to give him is a C. I got to give him a C, which I think is, is, you know, 
just getting again it's in that same sense as the D minus for the first question I, in terms I, I of disagree. just getting like, by. C is much much better than D minus. I think but I think it's better. I, but I it's better. No, I agree. It's better. But it's in the same sense of yes. you're just barely getting by. Uh, my expectation was top four, top five in the East, but the organization's stated goals were just playoff games. So he did get to a playoff game, and you know it's it's weird because I've called for Latanzio multiple times. I called for his job multiple times. Like there's times when I gave up on this guy and said we should replace him, and we've you know you did too. You tweeted he should have gone, he should be fired today. And then I retweeted he should be fired today and said this is still true a week later. So like you know like it, it's uh, that you know follow us on on Twitter at for the crown baby as long as it's there. But uh, in the end, I can't. I don't know if I'm surprising myself. I've waffled back and forth on this guy a million times. In the end, I see the case for keeping him, continuing to build what we've got, and he's obviously not going anywhere. He has a contract through the end of next year with an option for 25 already that was signed last year about this time so he hasn't been fired yet he's not going to get fired uh he may have a short leash at the start of next season but i gotta give him a c which is he got he he got us to the playoffs but unfortunately we weren't ready this would be a good time to mention that christian latanzio yes is still employed by charlotte fc but a certain group of people are not at the moment and one of those is Derek Jones. Derek Jones is now a free agent. Uh, His option not picked up by the club, Harrison Offel as well in that that group. We we have to rewrite the song. Derek Jones is going, going gone. (laughs) The option to resign him will be out there. We love you, DJ. Yeah, he's a free agent. But it was funny that in the release they specifically stated we're working to re-sign Justin Miram, who's out of contract at a lower salary than last year. Derek Jones is a free agent. They didn't. They didn't say. We're, they didn't say we're actively working to re-sign Derek Jones like they did with Miram, unfortunately. But. So that C rating keeps Christian Latanzio around for yet another season. Yeah. With Charlotte FC. Yeah. It's, He's going to be back next year. The question is, how short will the leash be? And. Uh, the man who should be able to to make that decision or be part of that decision-making process would certainly be the sporting director. Because the sporting director is somebody, Zoran Cronetta, who puts players in place for the manager then to use. So I think, within, I think the way this organization works is that Zoran Cronetta holds a higher position than the manager. Former interim manager, Christian Latanzio does. <laughs> Forever interim in your heart, isn't he? Isn't he? Uh, so you want me to grade the sporting record? Well, first let me I talk. Didn't add, I didn't whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I, I, I want to know. I want to know. The supporting director's grade, yes. But I also want to know if you think that hierarchy is correct. Yes. Yes, I do. I think I think that Zorn is more in charge. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, mean, so I think they work together. I think they work in different spheres. But I think that as far as hierarchy, yes. I mean, are you talking about, like, who would get let go first? I mean, is, is that where we're getting at? Is, I mean, Who's David Tepper calling to fire the other one? Neither this, neither this holiday season. I'll tell you that much right now. I don't know. Uh, you know, 
Chris is our guy, and I think I just believe in like the, uh, the long-term effect and like investment-bearing fruit and things like that. I get like if you don't want to like I, I I understand the sunk cost fallacy and not putting uh, good money after bad. I get all of that, but like I also believe in like the cumulative effect of training and experience and familiarity and people being together. And I don't think there's a. I know a lot of people are disappointed and and felt like. You know the team not being ready to play in that playoff game, and and a lot of you know all the all the complaints we've had about the way Latanzio interacts towards fans and things he says after pressers, but like even with all that, there's no clear cut reason to fire this manager. There's just not. There's no. There's no like he has to go for this reason. It's more a lot of like we're just not happy with the way things have gone, and we just got on the at the wrong end of a lot of outlier results man i mean is it is it Latonzo's fault that Diagra fouls nashville in the box in stoppage time you know like and we lose two points there i mean it's not we finally really not. we we finally reached the point of the podcast where we disagree which is a fantastic <laughs> point of the podcast because I, I think that you could clearly point to the second half of the playoff match and you could see patrick ajamon's impact on the match and you can blame the manager <laughs> For never playing the best player on the squad. <laughs> so, when, from that point of view, couldn't you ask yourself, like, is this, is this, who's making the decision? Is it the, the sporting director or is it the manager? I think both of them are living, live and work, and came up in a soccer tradition where. Your five million dollar plays over your uh, your five million dollar striker gets minutes over your five hundred thousand dollar striker. That's just the way it 500, goes. Five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, sorry. You mean seventy eight thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah, fifty thousand. I should have said. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. Fifty k and some change for sure. Which they did. Uh, you know, they they did re up Ajumong. You notice, yeah. You know. D- DJ and Miram are out, and a few other guys, and Gaines yeah. is gone, sadly. But, oh, they're, they're, uh, the club is very happy to take on Patrick Ajumong's yeah. option because it's pretty cheap. I would hope they would do right by him and give him a little bump, just a little, just a little end of year bonus, you know. I-, I hope they would do right by him and sign him to a deal, a new deal yeah. that makes him feel like he is here for the long haul and he's the future of this team at the striker position. Yeah, we got to negotiate with Justin Miram first. But I did want to ask the sporting director rating for what it's worth. Sure. Uh, was the roster good enough? I think the roster was good enough. I think we got undone by bad mentality, poor composure, and bad luck. I mean, that's, you know, that's, you can put that on the manager more than the sporting director, I think. So here's what I think I think would not do Copetti over again. If we could transport ourselves back to November 2022, and knowing what we know now, we would not. Wow. We would just not sign Copetti. And it's not that. That's not necessarily an indictment of him. It's just that you know that you so, know now that the resources could have been better spent on a number ten, a Reynoso style or a Carlos Hill style number ten, and keep Carroll up top all the season. Like we just know that would have been a better way to go. Now that's hindsight, obviously. But I'm just saying, if in grading the sporting director, that's the big mistake. You're, you're like that's you're like, the big mistake. You're like which we know in hindsight. You're like Captain America in that. You'll go back to you'll go back to the past, <laughs> and you'll just you'll say this is it's better here. Right, and I right, stay right. Here. I want to live in November 2022, 12 months ago. Yes. Well, I, I don't know if I do necessarily, but um, and, and we wouldn't sign Capetti. And it's no. it's a really interesting and I think 
a, a point that you postseason in the season review show to say something like that compared to right. what the season started like. Man, that's especially, another indictment. Especially when I say we're going to probably end up building the whole team around <laughs> Copetti next season and it's all going to be focused on him. But I, I'm just saying it's done and like we can't avoid it and we have to make the best of it. I'm just saying if we could go back all the way, we wouldn't do that again. So let's say that that is like the sort of that's one of the like the holes that that Zorn's dug into early in the season is that the big money signing ended up not working out, right? So then, follow me if you will on a on a seafaring analogy that I've been I cannot <laughs> wait to bust this out. So after that whole thing, you have to say that that Zorin, you know, if he's the captain of the ship, you know, he had multiple dragons trying to bring this ship down to the bottom of the ocean in Davy Jones's locker, but he managed by hook and by crook to bring it home safe to harbor, battered and bruised, although nowhere near ready to keep on sailing. So like what I mean by that is, you know, you got, uh, you have Anton Walks. Um, it's so sad, but that's, you know, in, in the pure roster situation of it, that's one of your best players, no longer available. He's gone and, and he's no longer available for a lot of things, unfortunately, but uh, he's in our hearts. Then you have the fallout from that, which is Shinyashiki, which is you know, Santos, which is, you know, a lot of just immaturity and things that were bad influences and inability to handle the trauma and shock that we went through need to be purged out of the team. And, and but the way that it was happened, unfortunately, on top of everything else, Shinyashiki's contract pretty much held, held the, the business side of the operation hostage. To, you know, and Zoran hinted at that in his interview that he did both with Carol and with Man City uh, Soccer Show, like he, when he talked about it, he would say, as as much as he could hint at, that this it was really limited. And so this was it. That was right, all they could exactly. do at that moment. And, and you can blame MLS League Office, right. the League Office, and its roster rules. Right. For like, can we dump the guy who has like you know uh, credulous uh, allegations of criminal conduct, please? You know, like <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway. Um, so I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a weird grade. This is not a grade you can actually get, but I just I want to give him a C plus, and then like my my random uh, connections in my brain that just like go firing off all the time. Got thought about C plus plus, which uh, I'm not a computer programmer, but I do know that that's a very popular computer programming language. So then I googled C plus plus, and I was like. Can I give this guy a C++, a fake grade? And then I thought, what is C++ as a programming language? Object-oriented programming language, which allows code to be reused, lowering development costs. Scotty Arfield, Brekte Hagra, we're reusing guys that have like been yeah. like stars in other places. We're bringing in guys and lowering our production costs. So Zoran gets a C++, uh, learn to code if you want to survive in the new millennium, I guess. But uh, that's what he's got from me. It's a great answer, and it's I think speaks to modern times and how AI and computer programming and front end, back end, all of that kind of language is important to the future. Way of the future. Cheers to that. Danny, I am now pleased to introduce my favorite question of the evening, which is the best, best moment of the season. I, to me, this is what it's all about, and we've talked a lot of shit so far in this podcast. Now it's time to uh, 
have a uh, raise the glass and do a toast. I mean, what are we here for, Johnny? We're here to celebrate greatness in our team, and it's so funny. Like on a team that really has had so many struggles in its first two seasons, and, and more bad than good, you kind of can almost lose sight of the fact that it's the bitter that makes the sweet so great. Yes. And like the sweetness is really like we've gotten, we've had some great, like in two years of supporting this club, like I would never give it back, and I would never give it away, and I can't wait to be back next year because like. The highs are high, man. I mean, the lows are low, but the highs are high. The highs are really high, so I'm all about it, baby. Um, best moment of the season, I think, is a no-brainer. It's almost like it's almost like we like we have to just skip to number two because like you can't choose. I don't know if you, if you can choose anything else than the the October 21st beating. You know, everything from. The moment I got the starting lineup notification on my phone that Leo Messi was in the 11 against us until final full whistle uh, when we had uh, done it and beaten and held them scoreless and, and shut shut out the GOAT and uh, clinched our first playoff spot ever. Like, just a, just a great day. Just, like, to know... We don't know what it's like to be athletes. I can't... Yeah, I, I truly believe everything I've ever said on this show about the, the supporters are the club and the, and the fans are the club and and the, 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 the players are the squad that represents the club, but we're all the club together. I get that. But I'm not naive. I know that we don't have anywhere near the emotional and personal connection to what's happening than the players. The players are the ones that are out there doing it. However, I gotta say, However. we still ride the wave, baby. Like the wave was cresting that day, and we were there with it. And that was the day when it all came together, and players and fans all were one together. And that was the day I felt most like like I was for the crown, baby. Like that was that I was Charlotte FC that day, and Charlotte FC was me. I know that you're a big Sir Minty fan. Love Sir Minty. And I just got inspiration for an amazing Charlotte FC graphic. I know we have some TIFOs who listen to this show who like to create things. How about this? Sir Minty, surfboard, riding the wave. Exactly. Hell yeah. Let's that, go. That's the vibe. Get on it, team. Let's go. Yeah, that's can we, the vibe. You know, there's got to be. There's got to be a way to make this a, a thing. Like, oh, I can only imagine. Put them. If you're listening, put them with the old TFC, TNC surf designs, like Thriller Gorilla and like all the old school like. Uh, that old t-shirt line from the 80s and early 90s. That would be amazing. Yeah, we should just tip off the admin. Uh, <laughs> the I know admin Elevation though. Jones knows what I'm thinking about. I know he had some TNC surf design t-shirts back in the day. <laughs> but i got to say, that's like the default number one. There's no, That's like unqu- unchallengeable, unquestionable number one. So I almost feel like a better, a better thing is for everyone to tell their number two and think about your number two memory. Because if your me- number one memory is anything other than that, then it's it's sus, as the kids are saying. Like I, I'm questioning your memory. Uh, so for me, I got to think about my number two, and it's got to be the penalty shootout versus Dallas. I think everything that happened in terms of our traumatic start to the season. You know, I I have sort of in my mind, sort of I frame the way I think about this past season in six stages, and. One of those stages is the two. Two of those stages are the cup runs, the the open cup run and the league cups run. So the league's cup run would not have been possible if we had not beaten Dallas in that shootout. I mean, it, it still could have been, but that's what like set it all up. Can I give a spoiler real quick? Please do. And of all the uh, things that could, I, that's my that that was my answer. That was your number one. Your, your number two is my number one. I love it. 
Who does number two work for? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Like, uh, that was for me the moment of what the a season. moment it was and like Kalina sticking his arm out you know and like psyching out all the Dallas shooters they didn't know what yeah. the fuck to do that yeah. was amazing yeah oh my goodness and we uh, were at APR yes yeah, we, we were at the, the the home of Charlotte soccer show for the 2023 campaign we hung the banner there all season long Charlotte is a soccer city it was uh, we, we laid claim <laughs> to this piece of land and said it is the a soccer city and uh, you know as we're recording this i just can't help but to think about the charlotte independence up the jacks by the way i hope you listen to our uh, our interviews with coach mike jeffries and gabrielle Overton. you're catching us uh, in the middle of this episode and i'm thinking about that and um those interviews and that club because it's it's a grassroots club they just had a penalty shootout and that, that club is, is working really hard right now and I, Danny for me specifically the reason why that PK shootout was was the moment of the season was because of the there was only there was only one, and and you're right the other the only other moment where you felt like you were living and dying by the moment was against Miami in the final match of the season. And those two feelings are what it's like to watch a club play in the Champions League final, in the World Cup final. Those feelings, they come. Those matches, they arrive. And in those moments... That's when you feel something. And, and people are going to say, oh, you can't compare MLS to the Champions League final. Like hell you can't. It, it's the same to me. The M- MLS matters a lot more to me than the Champions League final. Like this, I'm Charlotte. I'm fucking Charlotte till I die. <laughs> you know, like, like I don't give a fuck about Bayern Munich. Like, sorry. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I sorry, Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Where the hell have you been? Um, listen, the best thing about that Dallas shootout and the messy moment is that the start of something and it's the beginning of something. I feel like our season went in a stage where phase, stage one was we were just trying to keep our heads above water. Stage two was we were trying to learn how to think, like figure out what we had. Uh, that was our first run of a bunch of draws uh, that was then later matched by an even longer run of draws. The Open season. Cup run. But the Open Cup run got us there. We, we, so, we, did we play in the Open Cup quarterfinals? Was that was that was yes it, yes we did against, we, against we played the, in the quarterfinals against Birmingham. But what the Dallas game was was like after I, I think the Open Cup run was a disappointment 100. Uh, percent I, I hated the Open Cup run. That was a negative thing for me. Um, although it, there were some lessons learned, and then we've had a run of draws again, and then and so what the League's Cup run, what the Dallas win and the League's Cup run started was then finished in beating Messi and Miami. Like, the da- the League's Cup run was Scotty Arfield's here. You know, it's like Breck is coming. It was like the, the team sort of took its it, true it form, was built there. if you will. Yeah. It was almost like a preseason exactly. uh, tournament. And it was like, let's go out and win it. Let's play some games with our backs against the wall to know what that feeling is like. To know the feeling of lose or, or if yeah. you win or go home. Who's got the nerve to play? And then at the end of the season when we're playing win or go home yeah. games, we could call upon that and experience. Then the, and then the only thing that – and then what happens is you're down 3-0 at halftime on your playoff match. <laughs> well, again, the ship got 
The ship was steered safely to harbor despite many sea monsters out there. However, it was not ready to sail again. I'm going to continue <laughs> to say that, yeah. The next question is somewhat of an insufferable one. And I hope you enjoy talking about it. it you about it, to put it, me on the spot? It is uh, the day after Halloween, which I believe is All Saints Day. Uh, it is. So. November 1st, my birthday month. What did you get me, everybody? <laughs> what did you get me, Tifos? It's, it's the worst moment of the season. I take gifts in all forms of green. There's, there's so many lows when you're riding. When that wave comes crashing down like it did so many times, Danny. Again, Charlotte FC this year. Yeah. The start of the season. You limp out of the gates. You ask yourself. We're at, we were asking if Christian Lotanzio was the right man for the job. Probably 22 days into the season. Mm-hmm. And it started that, that early. And for me, the worst moment of the season, it's tough. But for you... You take it all the way back to This one was pretty that, easy for me. This was surprisingly yeah, yeah. easy for yeah, me. Yeah, I like that. What you have to do is go back, listen to our preseason episodes. What you're going to hear <laughs> is some of the greatest soccer podcast hubris in the history of, of, of soccer podcasts. I mean, I was like, there, I was puffed up chest to the core. I thought this team was like a lock for a top four spot in the East. I thought we had done everything we needed to do, and I believed we were going to take this this team, by, this league by storm. I thought year two of Charlotte FC was going to be just an absolute, uh, like a uh, told you so campaign towards everyone who ever doubted us and all this stuff. And so for me, the most painful moment of the season is when that bubble was burst, and it was early. It came very early, and it was a night once again at EPR where... We, That's after, what, after, the, there's always emotion at EPR. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Emotional parlor room at Hooligans FC. So we had, we had a, we was our, I believe we were 0-2, right? And But we were going to St. Louis. And it's like, okay, let's, we, we took two losses on the chin, but we're going to like, we're going to settle the score. We're going to get this, this thing done yeah. and get right against this expansion team that sucks. We might put 10, 10 goals against them. They're horrible, you know? And we're gonna we're gonna own their new stadium. We're gonna we're gonna kill them in their new stadium. And we went up one nil. And Enzo Capetti, our new DP, scores a header. And like everything is like amazing. And it's like, oh, Charlotte FC is real. Like everything, just you know, even though we uh, you know lost a couple games early, but we lost to uh, New England in the opener. Sorry, the St. Louis was the second game, so we were 0-1, not 0-2. Even though we lost New England in the opener, we're going to go on the road, we're going to That doesn't win. matter. This is about the moment. Get, get the campaign started. Fuck St. Louis City FC, FC, United Rovers, Dog Food FC. You you know. were, by the way, you were the ringleader on all 100% of that. 100% was. I, I steered into the skid on it big time. I, I, <laughs> I was driving the bus. I was lumping. You know what? I was, Honestly, I was like tossing I, coal into the steam. Let me interject and, here. This is, I really appreciate this self-reflection from Danny Brands here on the show right now. I mean, right. this is a this is a seminal moment. Well, that's and, all. And, that, and this is the point of the season review episode. That's what made it the worst moment of the season is because yeah. that's when I was at my highest high. I, that's when the wave crested. And then the whole rest of the season was me just trying to get back above water. Yeah, yeah, but, like, when I first went underwater was that second game of the yeah, season. Yeah. And St. Louis showed us what it was all about. And it was like... 
we still have not caught up to the standard that they've set. They won the freaking West in their expansion season. Like, they did look horrible in their first playoff game. It's hard to win a playoff game, even at home. But um, it just that's when that's when I was like, it was like I was like I was a giant hot air balloon, and St. Louis just like stuck a little pin in it, and I was. I was never more deflated, and the whole rest of the campaign, I slowly built myself back up. But man, that that was a painful fall. Icarus never uh, had it so bad, for sure. Not that it matters, but you you did mention the the the, the playoff loss, and whenever you're listening to this, who knows what happens in the rest of that series? But I did feel that same sense of good when <laughs> I was when I when I saw that 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 score and. You know, I, I think that realistically They is, fell on their faces. Uh, maybe one of Charlotte FC's biggest rival because because of you, maybe. because of the, the And, and we're going to head into next year. Oh, God, I want to be We're, we're going so to head into next, next year. They're coming here, right? Yes. They should be. No, well, maybe we'll... I don't know. We may not play them since they're the West, but we usually do. I don't know what the schedule's going to be. I bet we'll it end up playing matter. It hasn't been released But we, we should probably play we'll them. We'll probably be begging for the schedule release. Because both fan bases would, would show up in numbers for that match. I have, I actually have a lot of friends in St. Louis. As much as I hate that city, I actually like the people there. But uh, <laughs> I don't know that, to explain that one. But uh, most of my friends live in the county, not the city. So. Worst moment of the season? It's a tough answer. I have a guess. Uh, well, I'll let, you, just, I'll let you say it. There's too many moments. I don't want to guess wrong. No, it, it, for me, this is the hardest question to answer. Well, because I gave an honorable mention. And you in the best moment of the season, you took my honorable mention. And you said that was your best. So I'm just wondering if maybe my honorable mention worst is also your worst. I don't know. I don't want to put that, I don't want to put that evil on you. But that was my honorable mention was a pretty low moment. I won't reveal it yet. I think the lowest moment for me was that night in the rain where we drew and it was a late goal off a shitty set piece and a competitive foul against Orlando yeah and we right. were deep in the playoff race and it was so fun out there in the rain and we were up we were one yeah. and, and and those three you know those, that's the game that actually Westwood cited as an example of how great our fans were to be there in the rain at the end of the year he said that but it was not a win it was a draw and it should have been a win yes and I think that to me was the lowest point and the worst moment of the season because those two points alone just right there and then you know could have made all the difference in hosting a a a potential playoff a mere two two months and 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 two days ago the off-field moment of the season for me, is one of the best categories, and the reason why is because it takes us, you know, out of that tactical bullshit, yeah, and just puts us into the culture of what it's like to be a Charlotte FC supporter. What's your off-field moment of the season? There can only be one. This was the, this was probably the easiest question for me to answer when you when you sent me this list uh, in the pre-production stage of the episode. Um, Meeting Mindy Bender in D.C., of course. How could it be anything else? Like, there we were. You know, our tickets were up kind of like in the corner, not the best view of the field. So we kind of maneuvered our way down to a little position where we could spy things on on field level. And who should walk up and, and, and just spot us and say, Danny? John? Hey! And we are like, who are you? And she's like, 
I'm Mindy Bender. And it was, it, you know, it was just absolutely amazing. Wait, you're Ben Bender's mom? <laughs> I mean, absolutely amazing. You know, we missed Ben at the end of the season, and I hope his knee uh, procedure went well. I'm glad it was a minor procedure. I think he's got a lot of work to uh, show us next year. Like, he's, he's going to be one of our key players next year, I feel. So, uh, meeting Mindy Bender... By far, the off-field moment of the season. I mean, the Brawny Bro party was amazing. Uh, the interviews we did on the show were amazing. Getting to sit and talk to Scotty Arfield about Arctic Monkeys, all of that. But, I mean, come on. Meeting Mini Bender, what, what could be better than that? Well, there's, uh, I mean, not, not much. <laughs> there's absolutely not much. It was, it was so fun to be in D.C. Yeah. on that weekend. Yeah. It, was, it was epic uh, to be at that match. And, by the way, the aggregate, it's, what, it's 6-0? That we've seen? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've seen two 3-0 losses to D.C. at Audi Field. Uh, are we going to go back next year? Yes. I mean, I guess we have to. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I am, I am never not going back right, right. until we score a goal. That's a fair, that's fair, yeah. And I, lo- I actually love going up there. It's like a very doable drive, and you stay overnight and come back the next day. I love going to D.C. We had some TIFOs that went with us. For me, the, the off-field moment of the season by far, well, maybe not by far, was the block party outside of the supporters section in the mid-street end. The reason why is because we were literally in the president's office talking about how we should be having local food trucks and we should be hanging out near the, the stadium and Mint Street should be closed. And then we get there few days later and that's happening and that was a really cool moment and we're sitting in the beer garden out on the grass near the the overpass on mint street there they turn that whole entire area into a beer garden at that moment i said to myself this is what it should be like every match day here shut down this entire area and just make it one huge party from 4 p.m. until kickoff. That beer garden was so cool. Like, just sort of like in that little grassy area right between the interstate and the stadium. I loved that. Uh, that's a great memory. And that was a cool time. And, you know, you know, I know Joe's probably going to, you know, lie and say that he had that thing whole planned, you know, in advance. But I really think <laughs> it was it was you mentioning it in the interview episode when we said it was offices that got all the wheels cranked on that one. I'm, I'm 100% convinced. And no one will ever disabuse me of the notion. So... <laughs> I'm not saying that's what I thought. I'm just saying that I just I'm just saying that's what I know. (laughs) Oh, it's a Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. It's the season review show. We're answering the most pressing questions after the season. And there's a couple things we need to get into. We're going to do season MVP, young player of the season, veteran player of the season, and best beer of the season, most outstanding TIFOs of the season. I got a sneak peek. (laughs) Sneak peek of who that is. And that shout out is coming up next. As we refill our beers, we're at Devil's Logic. It's a beautiful evening. We're going to step outside. It's trivia, as you heard. It's about to start. for the folks at Devil's Logic. Danny Brams left the trivia competition this <laughs> evening. 
and they will not uh, be dealing with the trivia king. Therefore, congratulations to whomever wins tonight, right. who would have finished in second place if we stayed to play. It's a sliding doors moment for sure, Johnny. Like, imagine if we weren't trying to record a podcast in the middle of uh, uh, this guy's trivia game. Um, we could have stayed at Devil's Logic, but we are no longer at Devil's Logic. We started this episode at Devil's Logic, and we are no longer at Devil's Logic. And yes, I would have won the trivia game because the questions were actually... I actually liked the questions he was asking, but his really annoying like PA announcer like hey it's a trivia magic and we're going to pay our bar tabs with our brains tonight imagine that we had to get the hell out of there so we did and we we, we ended up back here where it all started on Elizabeth Avenue where everything always starts and some things also have to come to an end. Was, was our first ever official episode here taped at Big Ben's? I know we did the trailer uptown, but where did we tape our first episode? Was it here at Big Ben's? I don't believe so. Right. I think that our first episode was either at EPR or uptown in the French Quarter after the practice. We'll have to go back. Well, you know what? That can be TIFO's trivia. <laughs> Someday. Someday we'll do a TIFO's trivia episode, and that, that will be one of the questions. Uh, I will say that a lot of times on this show, I'm extremely guilty of being like way too gushing in my praise of just about anything that I talk about, and that's because I'm a lover of life, and I just, you know, I, I look for things to like about things. But I will tell you that right now we are at Big Ben's uh, fake English pub here <laughs> on Elizabeth because it's the only place open that was close by once we realized Devil's Logic was a no-go because of trivia. And I can t confidently call this the worst soccer bar in Charlotte. I hate this place. But here we are out on the patio. Sorry to give the negative uh, advertisement. We'll see how powerful and maybe how you know, valuable the Charlotte Soccer Show endorsement is because I really hate Big Ben's, but here we are. Well... You know, and it, <laughs> although the bartender was a nice guy, I will I will at least give him that. And I am drinking a, an Irish red uh, Smittix, so I can't complain about that. All right, so let's pick it up on that positive note. <laughs> I've also got a Stella Artois. It's it's a good beer to have. Stella. And cheers, cheers to you, Danny. Cheers to you. But the questions must continue to be oh, asked. Oh shit! The Budweiser hot seat. And I hope the Tifos, I hope the Tifos understand this as well. I'm asking these questions to you, so please be thinking about your answers as you go. 100%. And that's the whole point 100%. of this, Write them this down. episode. Write them down and email us. <laughs> email us at... I don't think we have an email, but we should get one. The season MVP. The season MVP. Uh, I mean, ha there's only one answer. It's, it's, are you ready for... I, I didn't... I'm sorry, my bad. Carol... <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad. I'm just so bad at cutting Johnny off sometimes. Uh, and I, I feel like I cut you off there when you were about to just deliver this really epic question. Um, but the answer to your epic question that didn't get asked is Carol, obviously. It's Carol Swiderski. He's your MVP. Yeah. He's got to be. Who else could be? I think that there's a question to be asked about Ashley Westwood. I think there's a question to be asked about his ability to get Charlotte FC over the line. Oh, captain, my captain. Think about it this way. Last year, Charlotte FC couldn't get over the line. And we did have Carol Swiderski last year. This year, 
Charlotte FC got over the line. <laughs> yeah. Thanks large in part to a new captain who set the tone. I'm not saying that he's my MVP, but you talk about putting somebody else out there and making a case for somebody, I think Carol Sersky could, or excuse me, Ashley Westwood could be the most valuable player for this squad. Because even when Swiderski was out, Charlotte FC still looked dangerous. The line that we got over was a lot shorter this year. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> with the new playoff format, but That's yes, true. Okay. but yes, <laughs> I was I, earlier in this very same episode. I was the one that was saying, "Yes, we achieved our goal of the playoffs, and that is good." So, yeah. What if another answer? I'm just bitter. I'm pissed that we got kicked out. What if another answer to consider <laughs> was Kerwin Vargas? Kerwin well, Vargas, somebody who. Played all season, came up big in big moments, mm -hmm. and could be counted on. What if, what if, what if, what if he was somebody that was considered it? We don't, (laughs) we don't need to get into the stats of this because the stats are. I just don't. I, I think Kerwin lost his chance to be become the MVP because Laddie Daddy decided that he didn't belong in the starting lineup over. Thank you so much. Other people. I appreciate you bringing those out. Guys, enjoy. Thank you. So. I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. In the most important games of the season, in in, I, I should maybe I'll share this document with the Tifos. I've, I've broken this season down into six key stages, and stage six is the furious finish, and Kerwin Vargas is certainly the MVP of the furious finish, which is yeah. the ultimate thing that did get us across that line. Okay. Okay. Thank you for helping me with that point. But Cal Sorosky is the answer. Yeah. Yeah, right? Season long, campaign long, it's got to be Carroll. Yes. Uh, to be honest, it's, it's the prevailing wisdom that Carroll's going to leave. Closer than the experts think. Not so fast, my friend. I don't know if we can, if we can really bust that out. But guess what? He's, we, not, he's not gone yet. We haven't sold them yet. So, like, should we acknowledge the reports about Carol Swiderski's links with Napoli? No, because I think it was kind of a trap question of like, someone was like, hey, would you like to go play for Napoli because they need players? And he was like, who wouldn't want to go play for Napoli? Let me put an end to this, right? <laughs> I'm not sure Napoli knows who Kyle Swarovski is. Like, I'm not sure they do. Yeah, I mean... They, I, I'm, I'm really not sure they I do. I mean, Napoli featured Chucky Lozano, the Mexican international, for the last couple of years, but they signed him from PSV. He's now back at PSV because he didn't work out in Napoli. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I'll tell you this much. Carroll's not gone yet, and until he's gone, I'm almost getting to the point, maybe, this, maybe we're far enough removed from the off-season or the end of the season that I'm just kind of, like, in a little bit loopy mode, but, like... Are we sure he's gone next year? Are we sure he's gone in this winter transfer window that's upcoming? Are we sure? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about I'm anything. I'm not sure either. I'm not sure about anything. I, actually, I am sure about something. <laughs> and I'm sure that Napoli is not trying to sign Carol Sodersky. Right. Right. It's a, that's a sure... They, and one of the links, one of the reasons is because they have, they have Peter Zielinski is one of their main midfielders, and he's on the Polish national team with Carroll. That's kind of why this whole topic came up. Napoli, I believe the defending Serie A champions. I don't pay much attention to farmers leagues like Serie A, so I couldn't tell you for sure. But <laughs> I will say that Carroll's probably not going to Napoli, and if he does, he will not play very many minutes at all. So he should not go there. 
not the best place for him. And right. if I was his agent, I would never in a million years tell no, him. Hell no. It's not if happen. you're his agent and you send him to Napoli, that's your last contract. <laughs> that's your last commission you're ever making. <laughs> you made my point eloquently there. Yeah. Uh, in so far many fewer words. Uh, next question. Young player of the season. This one's exciting. Uh, for me, I'm going to go Kerwin Vargas. I just mentioned him. He could be possibly the MVP. For me, he's the, the young player of the season because young players must be protected at all costs. And Kerwin Vargas is absolutely that. He's somebody who has a flair for the dramatic, who somebody who has a flair for the big-time goal, somebody that, in my opinion, should be leading Colombia at the World Cup at some point in the next state season. Exactly. They don't have anybody else, yeah. James Rodriguez is not walking through that door. Um, I love it. And this is a rare case where I'm always going to stand for my own answers. I'm always going to think my answers are the best. But this is a case where I have to admit that your answer is better than mine because Kerwin Vargas is the correct answer. But my answer... Is just a pandering. Uh, let me just throw out a we oh, are, okay. we State. are, we yes. are. Oh, yeah, exactly. he's, the, oh, Privet, he's the man. Privet's my young player of the season purely by accident. Uh, <laughs> yes. If you remember, yeah. he was never supposed to play at all, no. and he subbed in at center back due to an injury to Bill Tuoloma. Yeah, and the rest is history. He was a center back for the rest of his days, but that was never the plan. He was. In, in the 23-man squad on an emergency basis, and he end, ended up on the pitch on an emergency basis. And uh, shout-out to him for, for never giving it up. Um, he knows what to do. I don't know. I don't see uh, Privet becoming our part of a, a center-back partnership that lasts in Charlotte for the next five, six years. I don't see that happening. But goddamn, thank God we had him this year. I, I it's, it's a tough thing to say here. But it comes to mind, and I'll always be forthright on the show, and that's I'd love to see Andrew Privet playing center back for the Charlotte Independence. <laughs> if they get promoted to the USL Championship, championship. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. and if they, yeah, I'm just saying. You wait, right. I mean, we know they're the best. They're a championship club in USL One. Everybody knows that about Independence. But it would just, you know, like I don't want to see Privet drop two levels. The kid's good. He he proved he belonged in the league, but he got absolutely abused by Elias Manuel. I'm like, just talking about my personal fandom. Yeah. Right? I'm talking about... I'm, I'm a, <laughs> you want to keep him in town. You want to keep him in <laughs> no, town. I'm a Charlotte FC supporter, yeah, and I'm a course. Charlotte Independence supporter. Obviously. Yeah. And if Privet's not going to play for Charlotte FC, you know who I want to play for? The Charlotte Independence. Right. Like it's it's, it's, it's yeah. really that simple. Or coaching me. the Queens Royals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Getting in there and, yeah. and working with those, those kids over there. By the way, congratulations to Queens. First ever A-Sun... Uh, championship appearance headed to the NCAA tournament cannot ineligible <laughs> Queens is ineligible and the reason why <laughs> <laughs> this is a great tangent I, I, I didn't plan this tangent but I love it uh, because when you uh, go from division 2 to division 1 you are automatically ineligible for 4 years I let me tell the audience what friend of the show Will Martin is thinking right now that's bullshit. It is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> total bullshit, hundred percent. And it makes no sense. Uh, you know, in the past, some uh, I remember in the NCAA basketball tournament last season, there was a team that moved up and and won their conference championship and could not go to the NCAA March Madness. So Queens is ineligible because of that. Name name a worse organization than than the NCAA. You can't. Honestly, you would think that is just like kind of. 
a cliche. Yeah. And then you you get this far into the weeds. Yeah. And you go, what is actually happening in these documents? <laughs> okay. Veteran player of the season. And there's a lot of options here. I'll steal your answer and I'll say Westwood. You know, you 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 threw Westwood out there as a possible candidate for overall most valuable player. I'll say he's certainly the veteran most valuable player. And, oh, captain, my captain. What you guys didn't see, while well, there was a brief pause and sort of some scraping noises about 10 minutes ago in the podcast, that was when John first mentioned Ashley Westwood and I decided to stand up on my chair, Dead Poet Society style, and, uh, oh, captain, my captain it. But uh, It was a beautiful moment. I'm not going to do that again, um, but I, I just did it. In my, mentally, I just did it three times in a row. So. Um, I, love the, I love the gemstone. I love everything about him. Um, I, what I love most of all is something that you have said many times on the show, John, which is how important a club is to a community and, and results matter, but connection matters more. And like Ashley Westwood embodies that and gets that and highlighted that in his end of season. Like, like think about this. Like, that's a very English club thing to do. It's like an end of season message from the captain. Like, if you go to these, um, if you go to a game in the English Premier League or the English Championship or whatnot. There's programs, and, and it's not really a part of American soccer culture, and that's fine. We don't care. But it is a cool part of English soccer culture, which is you go you get your match day program. Right. And in the match day program, there's always a letter from the captain to the supporters <laughs> every week. And so getting that end-of-season like letter to the supporters from the captain, from Ashley Westwood, was incredible. And like just a nod to English tradition. Didn't try, you know, it's not like he did it every week. It's not like he tried to like, force this English tradition down our throats. He just is embracing his American adventure with a nod to his tradition he grew up in. I loved it. It's beautiful. It's, it's very, very well said. And it was, uh, uh, an, I think, a nod to his involvement mm-hmm. in the 2024 campaign. Mm-hmm. He is nowhere near done, and he is coming right, back right. for more next He's season. coming for next. He's yeah. coming. Ashley Westwood is coming for next. I promise he's very... I promise... Uh, the funniest part about it is, having just like seen him in action... I feel like I can say this with confidence, even though I don't know him as a person, but just having seen him in action, he wore a smile on his face and highlighted all the good things. I guarantee he's going back into the locker room and saying, you motherfuckers lost in the first round of the playoffs. If you ever embarrass me like that again out there, I'm going to fucking kill you. Let's go out and win the league next year. Like, he's yeah. coming for next, I promise yeah. you. He's, he's, his smile masked a fierce intensity that is going to help our team a lot next year. I think Justin Miram has a case to be mentioned here and should be mentioned here, considering his acquisition, the timing, his impact on the squad, his ability to to score goals in what you thought was maybe the most surprising moment of the, the year in that crazy win over Atlanta right. down in Mercedes-Benz. Right. Justin and, Miram put balls in the back of the net. And remember right? when Enzo whiffed that huge chance against uh, <laughs> Toronto, I think, right? And, and Miram buried it. Like, if we didn't yes. get like, we won that game easily, but we needed that first goal, and Miram <laughs> got it. So, yeah, I agree. Like, he came up huge in many big moments. And um, so... Uh, this is a this is maybe an unflattering comparison, but because you know we we've mentioned on the show we plan to do more with dog rescue and like helping foster dogs find homes. There's the cliche in the dog re- uh, dog foster dog community of who rescued who, right? You see the bumper stickers, and you know that's like who like did I rescue this dog or did this dog <laughs> rescue me? And like Justin, I, I Justin Mirren was like out there in on RSL's bench, lingering, doing nothing on like a, a mid. Uh, mid-tier West team. They're in the playoffs, but they're not great. They probably won't... They're not a favorite to win the cup or anything. He was, like, not part of their plans at all. 
the guy who had had a pretty good career in Atlanta or Orlando, won MLS Cup with Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken, on their bench. Or maybe he played for them the year later, forgive me. You can fact check me on that, like everything. But um, he was part of Atlanta's team. And he, I think he won the Cup, excuse me, he won MLS Cup with Columbus, not with Atlanta, forgive me. I knew he was a, a champion. Anyway, he was a guy who was like left for dead. But he still had something to offer. Like a lot of dogs out there that are sent to these shelters that still have a lot to offer. And so, like, when you go and, like, find this mutual connection of a team that was left for dead... I'm not trying to shit on Justin Muir here. I'm just no, telling no, no, you the no, truth no. of the I, facts. I, as someone who... He was a player that was left for dead that still had a lot to I offer. And this. we are a club that, that was left yeah. for dead that needed a spark. Yes. And the combination was beautiful. Throw your 22s up and much love to Justin Muir. All day. He's a, he's a Charlotte FC. He's part of the fucking fabric of Charlotte FC. And I think it's why the club wants to negotiate a contract for mm-hmm. next year. I think Justin Miram, if you kind of um, equate him to somebody, at what stage in their career are they? I would uh, equate him to a, a Gabby Obertan. <laughs> exactly. You know, somebody who has maybe one more season left to mm-hmm. give. Right. You know, and right. somebody who still has it and is really good to be around how, in training. It's about how hard is he going to work in the offseason because, like, we've heard yeah. Gabby Oberton say on this show, it's a little bit harder. Like, once you get comfortable, it's a little bit harder to get the gears <laughs> turning again at that age, you know? And so, yeah. like, like yeah. does he have what it takes to work hard in the long MLS offseason and through a Christmas and holiday and New Year's break and come back ready in March, ready to go? If he does, then we better re-sign him. It's a, it's yes, I, I agree. I I could not agree more. He's he's uh, I think he's Charlotte through and through. If he wants to be, I mm-hmm. think he would really really like to end his career here with some silverware. Right, and play Orlando two more times next year <laughs> and score against them. <laughs> okay, so now all right, so now I'm so glad that we used that transition to move into what is the the uh, let's call this the Tifos segment of the show. Love it. Brilliant. Where if you listen to the show, you you know that the best podcast location of the season, the best beer of the season, and the most outstanding tifos of the season matters immensely. Yeah. And we always say we have we may or may not be the best podcasts on earth, but we have the best podcast listening audience on earth. Bar none, hands down, doesn't matter. Doesn't not a question. Yes, and they, they, they follow the club, they love the club, and they're even um, starting to think about soccer and the city and everything else that's um, kind of permeating beneath the, the surface. And these people are the ones that are at the forefront. These, these ones are the people at the front lines, Danny. Yeah, soldiers. And the most, Soldier. outsta- the most outstanding TIFOs of the season. That's our, that's our final giveaway, right? That's oh what we're doing gosh. last. Yes, that's exactly. we got a few more before we get there. But the best podcast location of the season... So this one yes. was really tough for me. This yes. one was yeah. tough for me. Well, let me go. Let me go off. Let you, me go off. Let me go. All right, off. go off, King. Let me go, go off, off on this King. One. Let, me, let me go off on this Because one. we hit, even though this was a year where we established a home base, we also hit a lot of locations. We the travels continued. Yes. Yeah. We said we were going to be here at, at Elizabeth Parlor Room here on Elizabeth Avenue, and we said that this is going to be our our home for the season, and it worked out that way. Until we decided to do a summer tour, we we did the summer tour, Danny, and the summer tour was absolutely amazing. The summer tour was brilliant because even though we loved everything and continue to love everything that EPR has given us, we had to get back to Triple C. 
we had to do an episode at Hot Fly. We had to move the pregame party to Hot Fly. We had to expand everything in the city. Even though it's good to have a home base, you can't limit yourself. So we went on the summer tour. It, remind, it reminds me of the uh, the Taylor Swift tour I know that the, the, <laughs> you know people across the globe are just absolutely enthralled what? by what one we're doing. One in one A, one you in know? one A. You know? I think yeah. it's Eras Tour. I think was the name yeah. of it. And you know we've been. You could say that you and I have lived through different eras. Yeah, you know? yeah. We, we have. No doubt, we certainly have. But I mean, when it comes down to it, though, Johnny, to, to we got to lo- pick favorite locations. Yes, but oh man, the, the location is integral. You have to understand. So. That when we dis- when we want to do an episode, we d- we discuss. I think that's why Danny talked shit on Big Ben because he wasn't expecting to be here tonight. I know, and I hate to be a shit talker, but I have to keep it real. And like I said, I'm super positive about almost everything. So when I feel like I'm stuck somewhere in a place I don't really want to be, <laughs> I gotta mention it. I yeah. gotta be. I gotta keep it real. Yeah. That said, bartender's a very nice man. <laughs> so what I will say is. This is a category where I want some honorable mentions because I can't like much like once you pop you can't stop no one can eat just one I just feel like once I start naming locations once I start thinking about memories of fun recordings we had even up to and including the very most recent new location that we added to the to the rotation like I'm absolutely like blown away <laughs> by yes. everywhere every, like the thing is is like so, like, I know Kanye West, way out of favor, he sucks, he's a horrible person, but back in the day, before he absolutely went crazy, he said something that I really liked, that, I, that is a code for me. And it doesn't matter who said it, but I'm just saying this, this is where I got it from. He said, my life is dope and I do dope shit. And, like, we don't go to bad locations to record the show, we always go to good places to record this show, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it's tough to pick a favorite because they all rock the fucking house. They absolutely do. <laughs> So, the answer is... Do you, you put me on the spot? Can, do I give my f- first answer first and then the honorable mentions? Or do I give the honorable mentions first and then say what I ultimately decided? I think I'll do that. So I need to... I, no, 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 no. You no, need no. a spot. Well, what, my what spot is, is kind of boring, I, but I, it, it's a must. I think he needs your number one. Can I get my number one? Because my number one, much like number one favorite memory was messy and like nothing could top okay. that. Number one for me is EPR. I, and I just said like all this wax poetic <laughs> about how we move it around the yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. But like having a home base, uh, the whole point was I was going to go into this whole long yes. diatribe and then say, but I bring it home to EPR. Yeah, yeah. Because like having a home base in a cool spot, the relationship with Matt Morena, the bearded bartender, uh, the play, the way that that place. Shout always, out Beamer. That doesn't feel like this yeah. season, but it was. Right, Beamer was an experience that we all had together this season. Now we've got uh, Big Paul, you know, uh, or excuse me, Big Patrick. Patrick Big yeah. Patrick. Sorry. Uh, guest on the show, Patrick. Right, Robin Peter to pay Paul, but his actual name is Patrick. <laughs> That's always how I remember. Sorry, Big Pat. But um, yeah, so like, EPR is the spot to have a home base and to have like the way that like it's evolved and like the 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 patio's gotten much nicer and the TV's got better and. Even though we did lose priority to call it to LSU football in the end, that made sense because I get it. But we had a lot of fun there this season, and uh, we'll be back next season there, no doubt. Um, but then there's multiple, like, so if I had to pick a secondary place, and this may shock you, I don't want to totally, like, blow you away, but my second favorite place, and it may be a little bit of recency bias, but Trolley Barn, the way that we got up on that patio 
at Trolley Barn and just sort of overlooking like this sort of little walkway it with was, a trainway. Imagine yourself on a perch. Right. And you're in, in a spot where... With a view into the heart of Charlotte, North Carolina, basically, is what I felt we were doing. Straight up looking north down the light rail, a place that you mm-hmm. feel comfortable and you feel like you can wax poetic about soccer. There's, like It's almost like you could have painted that, right. that picture. We have the perfect view of the skyline. We're overlooking a bunch of people having lunch and happy hours and brunches. Urban we're seeing. Art. We're seeing joggers and cyclists going up and down the trail. We're seeing yoga classes yes. getting out and people walking out of the public square. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. And so I want to go back to Trolley Barn many, many times. <laughs> that was a, a discovery late in the season that ultimately shined brighter than so many other places. What can I say? Oh, man. My, my location is Triple C. Always a Triple C, man. I yeah, love recording a Triple C. I do. Right. And I... I I dream one day on this show, I really, really do, and I think we have the ability to do this if we wanted to, is that there should be a, a every match a golden boy of the match. Sponsored by Triple C. They just need to sponsor it. Y'all just need to sponsor yes. it. What I will say for sure, our most important episodes are recorded at Triple C. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's like if, if we really need to get like, into something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, we got to get down to it. Love EPR, love all the other places. Triple C, we gotta go Triple C. Community Matters is somewhere that mm-hmm. really just um, sticks out as a local spot that just feels right. Right. It's like when you are at Community Matters, it feels like you're wearing your favorite sweater. I love that. <laughs> you know, it's like that's what it feels like when you're there. And the other when you, one, when you need to sober up, yeah. you know, we we, yeah, yeah, we spend yeah, yeah, we spend a yeah, decent amount yeah, of uh, yeah, yeah. time on this podcast in a, in a state of uh, pixelation. And yes. uh, when you need to uh, straighten out the lines, you go to Community Matters Cafe. You do, for sure, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Something else that strikes me, and this reminds me, not this year, but I did an episode um, from Las Vegas. I, I've done an episode before. Uh, I don't think I did an episode from the UK when I when I was in. Scotland. You did one from Chicago. Did one from Chicago. I've done, I've done episodes. I've done one from right. Denver. Right. I've done episodes from. But we, but we've never gone international until this summer, and this spring. What was it? June, late June. So I guess that's summer. Late June, we took the show uh, transatlantic. Uh, took a family vacation to Ireland. Had one of the best times of my life. Made, you know, forever memories with my teenage daughter and my retired mother and my sister and my nieces and nephews and every it's just like and my brother-in-law can't leave him out the, the in-laws always get left out but he was in the mix too it was a beautiful beautiful time and we squeezed in an episode I, you know we, we fired up the old zoom and the YouTube and like it was great to do an episode from there and it was great to do episodes on YouTube like it wasn't something that ultimately we want to like do every episode that way but it was a great way to like make a run and just get some YouTube content out there and now we have like a YouTube channel that people subscribe to and that's how some of y'all listen to us because the the audio episodes post straight there too yeah 100% it's it's a medium where you can you can be at work you can right. uh, sit and listen to the show on YouTube and be in another tab and and, and be doing work right I've, that, pulled, I've pulled that move more than a few times but I I hate to say that like immediately after you just said that profound um, piece about you know being in Ireland with the family. I think that was really special, and I think I mean to to know that you were out there doing that and enjoying your time and because because soccer is a global game. 
Yeah. Right? Oh, like, yeah. When, when you're in Ireland, Charlotte FC matters. When you're in Bordeaux, Charlotte FC matters. When, you, when you're in Belgium, Charlotte FC matters. When you're in Finland, Charlotte FC matters. Right. When Soccer's you're, a global game. When you're in Beijing, soccer matters. You know, Messi had to cancel his China tour this oh, really? week. That sucks, yeah. Things, I, I, they, they gave no details, but they said tours off. <laughs> uh, you know, but it's a global game. It's everywhere. You know, it's in freaking Johannesburg to uh, Oslo. I was know? thinking about the Scandinavia <laughs> yeah. as you were reaching yeah. for Oslo there. Yeah. Oh, we got a couple more questions. Best beer of the season, and I, I cannot. I think we might be in agreement again. Of all the beers we've drank this year, and I and I want to make sure that, that I've got it right. For me, the fest beer at Triple C, the right. in the German Stein, right, the Steincast, that was for me the beer of the season. Un- unstoppable, number one, easily. Uh, it was it hit at the right time. It came at a perfect time for us. The Steincast was one of our more memorable episodes. Again, happening at Triple C, and I've drank. Mechtoberfest. I'm a huge old Mecklenburg brewery supporter. I drank some Devil Fests over at uh, Devil's Logic tonight before uh, you know Trivia MC Jones kicked us out. <laughs> and they're all right. They're good. They're not bad. I love a fest beer. I love the the temperatures have turned cold. The moon is full. The spirits are out. We're drinking fests, but no fest was quite like that fest beer. I mean. As it, good as it gets at Triple C. I mean, the, yes, the, yes, something about Triple C is like, I don't know what it is, but it's like they have, there's only one thing they don't have the best. I was going to say they have the best IPA. They have the best wheat beer. They have the best uh, lager. They have the best fest. There's one thing they don't have that was my other made possible nominee for beer of the year. And this was maybe oh. not even, maybe not even. Are you going south of the border? I'm, I'm headed south. Yeah. Sudo-Americana for sure. Um... Because, as I mentioned on a previous episode, this was the year of the Mexican lager for old Danny Brams. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I dropped <laughs> a lot of time spent um, drinking Toto El Tiempo as a hot fly, man. We moved the official Charlotte Soccer Show pregame there about midseason. It was 100% the right move. It will co- That will continue to be the move for next year. You may even be hearing more from hot fly and us together in the future. Who knows? And I know... There's one certain hot fly blend that you they're going to mention in a minute, Johnny. But uh, for me, it was the Total Tiempos. It was the year of the Mexican lager for old Danny Brams, and I drank a ton of Total Tiempos pregame. That was my go-to. It's a beautiful thing. Um, it wasn't... The Fest beer is number one, but the Toto is right up... For, for the most I drank, I definitely drank more Totos than anything. For what it's worth, I told you earlier that the Brani brew... Right. The IPA was one of the beers of the season. I think that I think Maybe that it's a special category. No, no, I, I, I think that the Brawny beer what was it called? Was it called Brawny the Brew? The Brawny Brew. Yeah. It was a, it was a light IPA. Not bad. It was good. It's really one, good. it's it's one of those Delicious. it's one of those pints you always keep in the fridge. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if you have this but 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 and the reason why it's always there is because it's a special drink. Right. You know? And the reason why I brought up the Fest beer is because Oh, that is just like a October all month. You are just that right. lager is yours, right? And it doesn't. And in theory, we're still in the playoffs. In theory, we have a playoff game tonight at the fucking fortress. Literally, I mean, 
it, it didn't happen, but it could have. You know, oh, like man, that just brought the mood. Like, if yeah, the mood like, wasn't already down <laughs> because you're fucking pissed, we. Had but what to I'm saying is, you can drink band. fast beers during next October's Charlotte FC playoff run. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm bringing it up. But uh, the Brawny Brew is great, and I would say this: we could do an entire whole episode on how great the Brawny Bro party was and reaction to all that. We could do a whole probably side episode on it if we want to. And we did. So go back in the archives and find the Brawny Bro Party reaction <laughs> episode uh, a couple months back in this stream. Please. We need, like, the more people go back and listen to old episodes, I swear to God, it's going to take TIFOs to the next nation. Speaking of TIFOs, <laughs> it's the final question of the evening. We finally made it here somehow, someway. How do, we, uh, through, this is our third bar of the night. This is, this is my, can't, I stopped counting the beers. I stopped counting everything else. But you've made it. I'm freezing my ass off on purpose. <laughs> and you get to you get to give uh, one of the TIFOs a bit of a little a little bit of shine and curious who it is. There's just so many candidates, John. There's just so many candidates. The TIFOs of the year. Are you kidding me? It's a, it's a cool, so, cool award. You, yeah. you asked me one question earlier, and I said, oh, this is the easiest one I, of the, all you asked. Now you've given me this one at the end. This is by far the hardest one. I, I mean... Saved it to the end. There's been TIFOs who invited me to their homes and cooked me burgers. <laughs> and barbecue. Dry barbecue. There's been TIFOs <laughs> who invited me to the vault. And oh brought my. me down, you know, <laughs> front and center, front row, and said, Hey, Danny Ramsey, I got an extra ticket to the vault. You want to come with? I said, Yeah, of course I do. There's been TIFOs who told me that I was their inspiration. There's been TIFOs who told me they love me. <laughs> There's been TIFOs who came up to me and pat, grabbed me on the shoulder in, in crowded settings where I didn't even know. And they said, Hey, are you Dan Danny? Mindy, Mindy Bender is a TIFO. She's a candidate for TIFOs of the year. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, and there's, there's so many candidates. Yeah. But, like, uh, what I had to think about, what I started to think about when I really wanted to narrow this down, I wanted to narrow down to what's most important. What's most important. Social media, we talk to a lot of our fans on social media. Our, yeah, friends, excuse me. That's a misspeak by me. I, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of fans, but I love having friends. <laughs> um, audience is about as far as I'll go. But uh, we talked to a lot of our friends on social media. Ultimately, social media doesn't matter in life. It's a it's a thing that is just kind of you know a side game that we're all playing. Yeah. So I'm not gonna. I, it can't. As much as I love the social media, I can't pull from that pool necessarily for a tifos of the year. Um, so then I had to think about match day I had to think about pre-game parties and I had to think about the show who listens to the show and there's candidates I think about my great friend Hannah from work she's a ride or die uh, she often gets my extra ticket she'll come to any match day she's ready to go she's ready to party she, she's a strong strong candidate for this award ultimately doesn't get it I think about Bridget Great you friend of mine. You always gotta let the people who didn't get the job know first. <laughs> first runner up is. <laughs> I think about Bridget. Bridget's a great friend of this show. Uh, yes. She is the co-host of Queen's Pitch Pod. She started listening to our show last year. 
I love one thing I love about Bridget is she never was a soccer fan until Charlotte FC came around. She went to one Charlotte FC game and like bought season tickets the next day. You know, like that's just like the epitome of like what this what this club can do is like in terms of like turning people you, onto this game. She embodies that. Yeah. So I, I love that about Bridget and she wanted to get involved in podcasting. She loved listening to our show. I encouraged her and said, launch your own show. She did it. She pulled it off. She's a candidate for TFOS of the year. Ultimately not gonna get it. I had to think about someone who comes to every pregame party with us, comes to every supporter section match day with us. Yes, please. Okay. I'll take another red. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, the TFOs of the year for Danny Brams is Kevin Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. You may not know him. We don't talk about him a lot, but he's a staple. He's a lock. In a season where we had to ride the wave up and down and up and down, he's the steady Eddie. He's the constant. He comes to every pregame party. He talks about the show. He mentions he listened. He mentioned things that happened he comes to the epr parties he comes to the supporter section comes to hot fly he's kevin fucking anderson he's the tifos of the year and i don't think a lot of people are familiar with him he's a bit of a dark horse pick from me yeah however i literally could not really think it could give it to anyone else in good conscience to be honest <laughs> and uh god bless him and you're you're all gonna know him more and more because he's he's not going anywhere and this club is not going anywhere it's a very appropriate that our next beers are being poured as we, we honor uh, Kevin Anderson, who, you know, he might be the, the TIFOS of the season, tremendous friends of, of the show. For it's worth, Kevin Anderson has been a great friend of many seasons of mine. We played a ton of golf together. He's a big-time Liverpool supporter, and he's... Uh, from the from New England, from up in Connecticut. I have some ties in Connecticut, and you're right. And hearing you make that case, it's like not even close. The only person I would think that there there'd be two other uh, candidates, and I want to give him a shout out. With, yeah, uh, Matt Gesling because he listens to every episode as well. Of course, and, and always gives us feedback. Locked in, Big probably the best feedback we ever get is from Matt Gess on 100. Not even, not joking. Amazing. Uh, in terms of critical feedback, in terms of telling us what we need to do better, but you know, <laughs> that's it, helpful. But smartly, yeah, 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 yeah. That's helpful. So it's good to hear from him and um, the other, uh, the other person. Cheers! Thank you so much. Yes, sir. You go, Thank friend. you, player. Absolutely. As we... I take it all back about Big Ben. This new bartender is amazing. He's delivering us drinks on the patio. All my, all my negative impressions of Big Ben were based on a, a previous regime that I now rescind. If you listen this far. <laughs> Except my dear apologies. <laughs> <laughs> the final uh, mention... No, uh, uh, level Up Luke. I wanna of course. Give, I want to give yeah. Level Up Luke a shout out. The yeah. reason why is because um, he's worked his ass off all, all season to support both Charlotte FC mm -hmm. and, and the Independents. And also, we talk about the Carolinas, and I'm, I'm, I'll admit to some North Carolina snobbery in my time, but Level Up Luke is a South Carolina kid that reps for Southbound and Crown. He put together, he found them a great party spot this year at Replay Brewing. That's where they do their watch parties. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's the driving force behind that. Uh, he hosts... Twitter Spaces conversations after many many games, even though they, even though sometimes you have to wait till take six for them to actually go off. 
Uh, he actually hosted an epic two-hour Twitter Spaces after the Red Bulls <laughs> right lost. Um, yeah, on this it. patio <laughs> with a lot of other people joining in and speaking. So Level Up Luke leveled this whole thing up for sure. He gets a shout-out. And Brett Thompson gets a shout-out too, another I one of my coworkers. I agree, who, I agree. Who is like, he's literally like, Brett's like, has every single same qualification as Kevin Anderson for this title, but I'm going to give it to Kevin instead, and Brett is used to that. So. <laughs> And I'll end this podcast as um, any married man should. I mean, my wife is the ultimate Tifa. Oh, I mean, the Rachel's, fir- Rachel's the ultimate The Tifos. first lady of the Charlotte yeah. Soccer Show. She always yeah. has been. She was there when we recorded the trailer. She's yeah. been guested on the... She was the first ever person to speak on this show World other Cup than one episode. of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, we, got, we have yeah. to get her on a... You know what would be a good episode? Uh, a season in review from her point of view. How about how to negotiate with the ticket office? <laughs> A little tutorial. That's another episode we could we could we could do this off season, and uh, I think she's uh, qualified to handle both those conversations. Maybe even talk to maybe have a meeting with uh, David Tepper in his office. You know we've, jeez, we'd love to be in David Tepper's office someday. But until next time, on the timeline, baby, for the crown. <laughs> <laughs>